Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. with you on a Wednesday morning. Really, Joel, we could have just replayed yesterday's podcast. I mean, Pretty much. everything you need to know, you still need to know it. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll delve a little deeper. As, of course, as you know by now, no question, Mississippi State did not play baseball. I think one thing has changed. We'll What's talk that? about that in okay, just a we'll, minute. We'll talk about that in just a minute. It's called a tease. I like that. I like that. It's not going to be a swerve, is it? No. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State baseball canceled, postponed. They're playing, uh, depending on when you're listening, just a few hours from now. They will play 65 minutes after the end of the Auburn-Louisville game. Now, whenever that game ends, and it's going to start at 11 a.m., it's, in the I think, at the bottom of the fifth with Louisville up 4-1. to one. So, chance, for obviously, for that game to, to go quickly if Auburn you know, can't get anything going, but you just don't ever know. So, when that game ends, an hour and five minutes later, Mississippi State hits the field. Uh, we'll go into a little more detail. We've got some questions I want answered before we talk about that, though. Let's give a shout-out to all our great listeners. We appreciate you very, very much. We, you've been... Really tuning in on all our Omaha coverage, and we do appreciate that, especially our great servicemen. And when we got a great tweet from uh, some of our guys over there in Afghanistan, I believe, right? It, it is. It came from my good buddy Ryan Connolly, who uh, is serving our country in Afghanistan. And uh, Ryan, if you, I know you guys are probably listening in, we do appreciate you, Ryan. If I if I mess this up, I apologize. I, I believe that at least for Ryan, you know, he he's one of the ones that helps drives uh, drives. I don't know if that's the right word. Pilots like helicopters and stuff. Maybe yeah. like I, I want to say it's like medevac type stuff. Like oh wow, okay. Like fly. so anyway, Ryan, if you listen to this and you're like Joel, what an idiot! I don't do that. Then you can tweet at us again. <laughs> tweet us one more with, time uh, with you guys listening to us yet again because uh, we appreciate y'all and uh, and all y'all overseas. But uh, yeah, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, we we appreciate that. That was really cool. Yeah, it very very much was. And of course, all of our listeners out there, however you're listening, be it at supertalk.fm or any of the great places you're getting podcasts from, like Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is, we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate our great sponsor over in uh, Beckins Home in Starville, who's probably sales have got to be plummeting without Joel T there. Getting his his afternoon constitutional. I've I'll tell you what this has done though. Mm-hmm. This trip, I think that uh, Strange Brew is going to start getting morning business from Joel T. Yeah. Afternoon because I have now swapped it out. Usually I drink dew in the morning and then the afternoon pick me up as the coffee. Yeah. Well, I, I've I've flipped. Uh, I've been getting the free hotel coffee in the uh. mornings and then getting the dew later on in the day. So uh, you know. The hotel coffee is not strange brew, but I'm just saying. You know, I have now begun the coffee in the morning routine. I've just, I've just figured out a way. I just, I came up, came up with a million dollar idea, how to get all of Joel T's beverage business. You have the coffee, but he needs to create a soda, Mountain Brew. Diet now Mountain Brew. Now you're talking. Let's get our scientists on this one. We'll see if we can't get it figured out. All right. Uh, like we said, MSU baseball playing a little later this afternoon. If we had to guess, two-ish sounds about right, don't you think? Yeah, it's with a game at 11, and it's probably going to take them a couple hours to finish that game, and then you got to wait another hour. Yeah, two, a, 2 to 2.30 sounds about right. That's a tough, tough pill for somebody. Whoever wins this game, you're losing a pitcher you probably didn't have to lose. You're up 4-1. to one. They probably were going to be able to get 7. I don't know who they started for Louisville. But they're probably going to get six, seven, eight innings out of them. And now they got to make a change. That's going to eat up an arm for them. For Mississippi State, everything's still the same as far as we know. Peyton Plumlee scheduled to take the hill against Kumar Rocker uh, when that game tips off. Tips off. First pitch, pitches off, whatever hits off. I don't know what they do in baseball. Uh, does, does the delay give you any, any, anybody any advantage? 
I I don't know that the delay gives anybody any advantage, but it definitely. And here's what I was talking about earlier. I, I said that one thing had changed. Whoever loses this game is definitely at an even greater, more humongous disadvantage than had they lost on Tuesday. At, at least if you lost on Tuesday and you entered the loser's bracket, you had a day-to-rest kind of deal. Now, if Mississippi State or Vanderbilt, whoever loses this game on Wednesday, you're going to play Wednesday. You're going to have to win on Thursday. You're going to have to win on Friday. And then you're going to have to win on Saturday, right? You have to play four days in reality. You're going to have to play four games in four days if you lose this. You, you are in a lot of trouble if you lose this game. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah. I mean – yeah, because you got you got to battle back through. You the- would play Vanderbilt today, and then let's say you you lose. Let's say you lose. You'll play Louisville on Thursday in all likelihood. If you win that, you got to play Vanderbilt on Friday, and if you win that again, you play Vanderbilt. You play Vanderbilt on Saturday. So yeah, four games. That in four is days. a tough, tough. I mean that that's that's tough. That's gonna be very tough. So yeah, whoever loses this game is really going to strike. There's coming out of the loser's bracket, and then there's what we just described. Yeah. You're coming out of the loser's bracket is one thing when everything, the schedule's the same, and you're getting those days off in between. But when you're not, that's problems. I mean, here's we'll, we'll play that out. Just a minute. Let's say State loses. Let's say State loses to Vandy. Um, I mean, that means that, what, you're going to have uh, JT Ginn against Louisville. Do you do that? Yeah, you do it. Why do you not? Why would you I mean, not do that? You you got to look. Think about it in terms of winning the bracket, right? I know, but aren't you better off trying? Don't you think you have to maybe throw? You you, you got to feel better about Brandon Smith versus Louisville than you do about Brandon Smith versus uh, Vanderbilt, and you're gonna pitch Brandon Smith at some point. Well, see, here's where I'm here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, Brandon Smith or somebody. That, that's, I mean, let's just say what I think would happen. I okay. think J T. Ginn would pitch against Louisville. Okay. Not, not what I would do. What I think would happen. I think okay. J T. Ginn would pitch against Louisville in this scenario. I think you bring Ethan Small back on Friday to try and keep your season alive on five days rest. Yeah, on on Friday, and then and then on Saturday you just figure it out. I don't know. Maybe maybe Peyton Plumley can give you another couple. In- a few you, innings. I mean, Not at many. that point you're starting to screw with like the championship series too. Should you get there? But that's what yeah. I'm saying. Whoever loses this game, well, and at that you, point you're, you you're don't have any a, choice. You don't have any choice. You're, no. It's winner. It's winner go home. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do at that point. That's where one of the things I've been talking about. That's where probably where Cole Gordon is going to see two, three, four innings of relief. Conversely, if you win this game, then you're playing against the team that's screwed. That's screwed. That has so, to deal with all this. Yeah, I, we were talking about this on the way to dinner tonight. And, I mean, it's baseball, folks. I know that more so than any other sport, you just – it's tough to say things like this because you just never know. A lot of times in baseball, the best team does not win because of just how the game is. But the winner of this game on Wednesday – had it been played on Tuesday, the winner of the game was already going to be in the driver's seat here in Omaha. Now, the winner of this game, I mean, you might be almost and in some ways – you might kind of be looking at a national championship game a little bit on Wednesday. You don't want to put that much on. I, I know that anything could happen. I know you could get to a championship series and, you know, an upset, somebody beats you two out of three, whatever. But, I mean, the odds on favorite to win this whole shebang is going to be whoever wins that Mississippi State-Vandy game today. Agreed. Agreed. So weird. We were talking about that. We've been here now for six days, seven as you listen, and Mississippi State will have played one game at this point. Yeah. That's insane when you think about it. it it's just – it goes back to you remember the regional when they when they they delayed the first the super regional and they delayed the first game and Louisville was already in the College World Series before State had the first pitch. Yep. So just just funny how everything's working out. Uh, we'll see if it works to MSU's advantage. Let's you mentioned some of those scenarios. Let's let's sort of talk through those real quick. You know, 
you assume that it's probably going to go like this. Let's let's go. We each we each had a prediction. So let's you do your prediction first. You predicted State to lose this game. Yes. So you think they're going to play Louisville on uh, that would be Thursday. Yes. And then they'd have to play Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt Friday Saturday. Yes. In that scenario, for you, can State get to the final series? No. Okay. I just I, I, Vandy's too good. And you kind of having to beat them. Beating Vanderbilt twice is a tall order. And that's just assuming you get past Louisville with yeah. JT Ginn, who you just hope is you know healthy, good to go, can give you several good innings, kind of. Deal. I mean, there's just too much hope in there. Could they do it? Yeah, they could absolutely do. it. I mean, State's good enough to do it. I'm not. I'm not. You know, if they lose, I'm not going to just say, "Oh, it's over." But you know, if they lose. I guess the Hunger Games reference, the odds would not be in their favor at all to get through Louisville and then to beat Vandy twice with uh, Ethan Small on short rest and then with uh, whoever on Saturday, if you get there, Brandon Smith or whatever. Sure, they could, but if you're asking me from, you know, if I've got anything on the line, if I'm betting anything on this or whatever, no. I, I, I don't think that State has much of a chance if they lose to Vandy today. I, I, I can't help but you can't not agree with that either. It doesn't matter. You can disagree of State winning this game, but if State does lose, yeah. I don't think you can disagree that they're not going to make it. If, if they, you know, they would have to have somebody. Like, they would need somebody like Brandon Smith to pitch the game of his life. Yeah, and give, you're going to need him a, like seven shutout innings against Vanderbilt. Yes, you're going to need an incredible performance out of someone, out of everyone, out of Brandon Smith, out of everyone. That's the guy that, that you're going to yeah. circle. Yeah. But, I mean, to get there, though... And you, Ethan you, Small's going to have to give you gonna have to a 7-8 inning game. See, I mean, just so much is going to have to go right, that right. It's just tough to say that it would happen. That's it. I want to emphasize again that I'm not just I'm not saying that State is going to lose to Kumar Rocker and Vandy. I'm just saying right. if you made me play the odds of how good Vandy is... and I, I don't think it's just, Kumar Rocker as much as it's just Vandy. Yeah, yeah and I think They're you're just right. good top to bottom. I think you're right. It, they could pitch so Patrick Raby tomorrow, and you would probably feel the same way. Yeah, I... I, I, I do think that it's really close, though. Like I just, I really get the feeling that it's just going to be a tight game yeah. all the way. To oh, the I end, agree. But. I agree. In my scenario, I've got State winning. So then you have Louisville versus Vanderbilt. Does Vanderbilt beat Louisville a second time? Ah, uh, I just like Vandy better. So yeah. yeah, I think so. And so then you have to then you'll be playing Vanderbilt again on Friday, who and, is going to be in a bad spot by Friday. Yeah, because so, they will be their third game in, in three days. days. And um, that's do you go? Do you go uh, again I, I there and then save small for a potential elimination game on Saturday? Or do you just say the hell with it and go ahead and throw small? And then you could. I, th- I think you go again there because then if you win with Ginn, then you've got, you've got small, small Plumley Ginn lined up for that championship series next yeah. week. I, w- I don't know if the, the, the thought, though, might be look, we could go Ginn or go small on Friday and then probably have him ready. At, at worst, he's there for game three. But then you might run the possibility of losing game one and two and small never pitching, I guess. Yep. And that's sort of what happened to State in 13 was they, the way they did their pitching, they never got to Graveman on game three. If they had won one of the two games, Graveman would have been there to, to take on game three. So it's, just, it's a very interesting scenario. Obviously, if you're State, you're cheering really hard for Louisville at that point because Louisville have played the extra game as well. And then, then they're, they, they would really be running low on depth at, at that point. So – We've been saying it now for the past two or three days, but the winner of this game, this Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game, they are the odds-on favorite to not only take this side of the bracket, but to win the national title. I mean, you look at who's over in the winner's bracket, it's Michigan, and they're a good story right now, but they are not the, they're not the team that scares you. 
They're not a team that you know you just say okay they're unbeatable right. And they're just they're hot and they're playing well and you know they got sort of lucky with Arkansas you know not being able to do anything offensively. And if you had told me coming up here that Arkansas was going to score four runs in two games, I don't know that I would believe that. Especially if you told me that Isaiah Campbell was going to give them what like eight shutout innings or seven shutout innings and lose, I, would, I never would have bought that. But that's that's exactly where we are. So of course by that same token, if you told me that Small was going to struggle the way he did, I don't know that I told you State was going to win. It's just baseball, and this, this is the way that it goes. So, w- probably a 2 o'clock or so first pitch. You'll definitely be able to keep up with us. I obviously will not be on Sports Talk Mississippi today because the game will be going on. Uh, but we'll definitely catch up with you guys uh, on, uh, the, I guess, the Thursday show, uh, no matter what, for sure. But, of course, we have this podcast, and might do some other stuff between now and then. Uh, speaking of other stuff. This might be the latest we've ever talked about a recruit after he committed. Just because, unless he like committed on like Friday night and we didn't get it to it, but he, he committed literally right after we had done the Tuesday podcast. And, you know, here we are, we're recording. It's going to be Thursday before we get to talk about him. But uh, three-star safety, Janari Dean, out of South Panola High School. Wednesday, by the way. We're getting our days mixed up here. This podcast oh, will yeah. drop on Wednesday. It's all running together for us, guys. <laughs> no, man, our days are messed up. Uh, but, yeah, Janari Dean, South Panola High School, which is not a school that has traditionally been uh, an MSU stronghold, shall we say. So to get a player of this caliber – now, looking at his at national rankings, you know, not overly impressive. He's the number 38 safety in the country, the number 17 player in the state. But he is a guy, and we talked to Robbie Falk a good bit uh, prior to uh, – or right after he committed. He committed while we were at dinner the other night. And he is convinced this is a guy that once national analysts start to see him, he was at the big dog or top dog camp. Once they get more film on him, he is a guy who will shoot up and probably end up being a mid four star player for MSU. And if you need more evidence than that, just look at the offer sheet: South Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Ole Miss, Tennessee. I mean, these are all legit, legit offers. And for me, you know, I, I'm not one of those. The star rankings are crap and, and things like crap counter for Brian uh, or anything like that. But I, I, I do think that the rank, when you look at offers, if, you, if, you can, if you're assuming these offers are, are good, and the fact that when you look at his 24-7 profile, not only do they have the offers, but they list the coaches that are recruiting them, that tends to lead me to believe that it's a legitimate offer because they know the coaches who are going after them. I mean, you know, and, and for Alabama to be after him and, and you know, Ole Miss, you think at South Panola is always going to have the advantage there. To get a kid like this, it's a big deal for Mississippi State. State's got a lot of positive momentum recruiting. And, of course, from reading the tea leaves over there on 24-7, there's more, more to come in the coming days. Could be a big year in state for Mississippi State. After a year after they they, they did a they, they missed on some of the top guys in state last year. This year it looked like it might be a little bit more of what you traditionally see from MSU recruiting. Yeah, it really does. Do do you feel a lot better now about I guess state recruiting in general and, and things because it seemed like everyone was pretty sour on it not too long ago. Yeah. Um, well, you know his 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 first full class. You know he missed out on some guys that you know. Would have liked to have seen uh, Charles Moore to have him committed all the way until January, and then he decommits. Uh, it, you know, you never felt like you, you know with Derek Hall, it, it didn't work out there, and, and you missed out on some guys for sure. 
but I thought that he did a good job, you know, and he missed out obviously on, on the running back situation and had to you really scramble to get Witherspoon and and Walker in the class. But in this class, and one of the the issues, if, if you're not excited by this class, and I understand that, but it's because the the last year's talent in the state was such a once in a two decade kind of thing. There's not going to be many years where the state of Mississippi has 14, 15, four-star players. This year, you know, the top 10 are a little bit more like you expect. You got two or three, maybe four, four stars up top. And then on the bottom, you got, you know, some high three stars. Um, but you're getting those players. I mean, it looks like a pretty typical MSU recruiting class, but you, you feel good about the way he's gone out and addressed the receiver's pitch situation. He's gone, you know, we needed, they needed to, I said we, I hate doing that. Not that, not that I I'm not, don't know what I am, but, you know, uh, at the same time, they needed to get some uh, some JUCO defensive linemen just because there were some issues with class balance. So he's done that. Last year, offensive line was the biggest priority. He got offensive linemen on on, on, on campus, including the two best in the state, a four-star and a five-star kid. So, yeah, I feel like Moorhead's he's got a pretty good handle on recruiting right now. You know, there, Obviously, there's some things that he can do better, but it, it feels like – I don't know. I, I feel like he, he at least has a pretty good handle on it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think that you know when he came down, the big question mark was can he recruit in the South kind of deal. And I mean, it, like you said, I mean he's getting he's getting some of the top talent from the state. Doesn't really seem like that's a barrier or whatever. So I don't really think that that's a concern anymore. Uh, I don't don't know that you would think that it was or wasn't, but I, no. I don't really see that as a, a thing now. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, there was so there were so many question marks about how was he going to recruit here and not having any connections, blah, blah, blah. That seems to have gone gone away, you know. And I think that he hired a good staff, you know, to originally for recruiting. And then he replaced the guys who left with good recruiters as well. I think Richardson and Johnson are going to be good recruiters. Deke Adams looks like he's got the potential to be a good recruiter. And, of course, we all know about Tony Hughes and his prowess as a recruiter, the best in the state. So I think State's in a good position recruiting wise i think in the next couple of days they're going to add two of the two of the top players in the state the rumor mill says that greenville st joe running back dylan johnson and uh uh philadelphia wide receiver tulu griffin who uh, of course decommitted uh but it looks like he's going to get back in the, in the fold those look like they're going to happen and so when that happens state will have a lot of momentum the class will be nearly full is the only thing that interests me at that point i think they'll be sitting on like 19 commitments in a class where they were talking about signing 2021 so I don't know, you know, who's left because there are plenty of guys left out there. They take four and five star guys that they're after that they're not, you know, they don't think they're going to get. But if something happened, they would take them. So you know, I don't know if you're going to process some guys or you're just going to have to figure it out. I'm always, you know, I always say sign the full class and let the numbers figure it out. It just makes the most sense to me. And I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. How people were saying, well, then you couldn't have got those transfers. No, that's not true. There, I can list five or six players that you could process right now, and nobody would miss them. So we'll see. But, yeah, I, to, to answer your question, I feel pretty good about Moorhead's recruiting right now. Yeah. It, it feels like it's, it's, on, and it's a going the right direction. I agree. So we'll see where it takes us. All right, tomorrow's show, we promise we'll recap the Mississippi State-Vanderbilt game. That will happen one way or the other. And uh, if anything else pops up between now and then, maybe some more recruiting news, we'll have it for you. Guys, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here in Omaha uh, with my good friend Joel T. Coleman. Woo. This has been Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to us on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.